Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Tiffany here from Swish, and I want to talk about being a problem solver. In my classroom, I'm always telling my equal firsties to be problem solvers. In first grade, that's one thing, but in adult life, it's a whole other. It can be really difficult to train your brain to go into a problem-solving mode. Maybe you don't even know where to start. It's a challenge that we all face in life. But when you learn to better help your brain find solutions, it's truly a great feeling. And if you've ever been thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. BetterHelp is convenient, it's accessible, it's affordable, and it's all online. And on top of that, they match you with a therapist just by filling out a brief survey. So when you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com swish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash swish. Welcome to Swish and Flick, an all-potter podcast. Swish and Flick, everyone. The Swish and Flick. Hello and welcome to episode 143 of Swish and Flick. I'm Tiffany. I'm Megan. I'm Katie. I'm Sarah. And this episode is sponsored by Agata Maliki. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. So today we will be discussing the second half of chapter 14 of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, Percy and Padfoot. So make sure that you have read the chapter and you're ready to flop your way through the details. Flop, flop, flop. Before we begin, we have super exciting Weekly Profit news. We do. Baby Grint has arrived and it's a girl. Baby Grint. Can I just say that... (laughs) Carly texted me and she said, I'm sure that you've seen this, but did you hear that Quarantina Grint was born? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. I thought that was great. That's a good joke. Yeah. That's but a joke. I am excited for Rupert, even though I'm sad. It could, never could happen. Oh my God. You are out of your mind. But honestly, congrats to him and his girlfriend. And (laughs) that's awesome. Yeah, good for them. A little spark in a time we need Mm -hmm. some extra light, you know? Someone posted it in the group and said, Megan, are you okay? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm all right. I thought that that was amusing. It's hilarious. (laughs) that all yeah that's all i got that's all we got okay katie short yes ma'am are you ready i'm beyond ready are you looking at me i'm looking right at you through this webcam (laughs) well you look at it (laughs) (laughs) it's time for the recap okay harry wrote a cryptic letter to dear old snuffles it's pretty good like we all get on Harry about not being smart enough to be Ravenclaw, this could probably maybe get him in. 
Yeah. Um, and he also ran into his current flame in the Owlery. If you don't know who that is, that's uh, Cho Chang. And she even stuck up against him, against Filch, and then said that she thought he was very brave for standing up to Umbridge. Shout out to Eric Munch. And Ron has his first ever Quidditch practice, even though it didn't really go too well. But he didn't go to the hospital wing. Katie Bell did. So I guess it went okay for him. It was partially okay. Right. For Harry, that's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, it was Weasley's fault that she's in the uh, hospital wing. Mm-hmm. Any hoosies, after practice, they um, end up back in the common room, finally getting their piles of homework done, and they're interrupted by a cool letter from Percy. Hey, dude, long time no hear. <laughs> you know, he's just giving Ron some advice, you know, some, some congratulations. Um, and then they continue to finish their homework. And then finally, when the common room is empty late at night... Sirius's head pops into the fire. Uh, so that's also cool, but also hot because it's in a fire. Um, and then they have a conversation with him and learn some stuff, and he leaves, and the chapter ends. Cool. Dump. All Good right. Job. That was well done. That was well done. I'm very proud of you. Thanks. So we always have to remember that we're like halfway through this chapter, which I have to forewarn everyone. I'm still splitting the upcoming chapters so far, so they're just too long. They're just long, man. I mean, I'm Girl- not sad about it. Girlfriend likes to write. I mean, this is just the way it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> so about a half an hour later, Hermione asks them how practice was as Ron and Harry climb through the portrait hole, and it starts out with this quote from Harry. It was... And then he didn't have any time or maybe not even the words to get out that uh, before Ron completed his sentence for him. And Ron said it was completely lousy, said Ron in a hollow voice, sinking into a chair beside Hermione. She looked up at Ron and her frostiness seemed to melt. Well, not for long. Get ready to get mad again. (laughs) Because we know that they're very... um, uh, what do I want to say? They're not like fighting. They're like nitpicky. Yeah, they're. Me, 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 me. You know, back bickering. Like... That's the word that I yeah. wanted. Pre-married couple. <laughs> these are these are premarital spats, if you right. will. So, Hermione tells Ron that you know it's only the first practice. She's sure that he's you know it's bound to take some time to get better but she also can't finish her sentence because ron snaps at her and says who said it was me that made it lousy and i said everyone just needs to calm down Uh, you need to calm down you're being being too too loud (laughs) but honestly like even just reading her reaction you can tell that she really didn't mean it that way. Like underlying, I think she really did. But when she said it, I don't think she meant for it to come across like that. Um, But Ron is feeling super down about himself. We always say that, you know, he needs to have that confidence boost to show his full potential because he's really great at a lot of things. Yeah. And I love these moments within the series because it shows you how relatable and real these characters are. Like who hasn't snapped at someone like that because of how they felt about what they were doing or who they were internally. And they took it 
that way because that's how they were already feeling about themselves. Like, it's just so incredibly relatable. I, the Slytherin, have never done that before. No, I know you haven't because you know what, honey? You're perfect. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. Even if you were to snap at me, it's all good. Sometimes somebody, you know, you just have to be a little snapping turtle and just uh, snap, snap, snap a roo, you know, but it's fine. But I also think this is one of the things that makes it so people can really easily connect to the characters within the series. Yeah. So just say that. So Ron angrily says that he's going to get started on his homework and he stomps off to the boys dorms and Hermione turns to Harry and she's like, uh, so was he lousy? And like a loyal friend, Harry says, no, like a liar. (laughs) But (laughs) Hermione doesn't really believe him anyway. So she gives um, him like a look. And because of the reaction that Ron gave, she kind of knows already that something was up. So Harry elaborated a little on this, on his performance, which was basically that, you know, he could have played better. Right? He could have done better. It's fine. Everything's fine. It's fine. (laughs) As there's (laughs) fire everywhere. (laughs) Right. This is fine. (laughs) Exactly. Anywho, neither Harry or Ron made very much progress on their homework that night. But Ron couldn't think about anything but the practice. And Harry was even having trouble getting the chant, Gryffindors are losers, out of his head. So their entire Sunday was spent in the common room doing their homework. And unfortunately for them, the day was very beautiful. It was clear. And the rest of the Gryffindors were spending their day out on the grounds because it might be the last sunshiny day that year. That's terrible. These we've, are, all these, had these that, are... <laughs> we've all had that Honestly. day, man. You know, like you're either at work and it's freaking gorgeous in the summertime or like something you wait until last minute to do stops you from going outside or going out somewhere with your friends or whatever. We've all been there. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. The worst. So by that night, Harry felt that somebody had been beating his brain against his skull with how much work he has done it, been doing. And I can totally relate to that feeling. So he comes up with the brilliant idea to, you know, do more homework during the week and then they wouldn't have to do it on a beautiful Sunday. (laughs) And then I also said, stop getting detentions. (laughs) (laughs) What a concept. No, but he's, He's standing up for what's right. I cannot fault him for this. Yeah. So Professor McGonagall assigned them an essay on the inanimatus conjurer spell. Is that how you say that? It sounds like an inanimate object. So an inanimatus conjurer spell. So I looked that up um, and on it's Harry Potter wiki. It says the incantation's unknown. It's a transfiguration spell. Whoa. <laughs> the, un- the effect is also unknown. Given the name, it's likely to conjure inanimate objects. <laughs> well, thanks, Internet. That's swell. Well, breakdown. Then Professor Sinistra assigned an essay about Jupiter's moons and friends. I would like to talk to you a moment about the moons of Jupiter. Yes, please. Lay it on me. Okay. Are you ready? Sasa. 
Are yeah. you buckled up? Are you ready? I don't have buckles, but sure. <laughs> okay. So Jupiter has 53 named moons and another 26 awaiting official names. That's awesome. So a total of 79 moons. Can't find my bow. Oh, Why don't we name them? How many are unnamed? You want to name 26 moons? Sure. All right, you name 26. Sarah, Sarah Jr., (laughs) Sarah the Third, Sasa. Florence. Yeah. What are we at? Florence. We like Mike Tyson. And they could all be just Sarah. Flo Flo. Megan. Megan Jr. Megan the Third. Katie. Katie Jr. Teddy. I excuse me, but I would like one to be named Megan Jr. Jr. Not Megan. I mean, Megan Junior Junior. I'm uh, cool with that. <laughs> Frank Junior Junior. <laughs> yeah, Lady Supreme. We know like Europa and Ganymede, but if you would like to know more about Jupiter's moons, they are listed in alphabetical order, the ones that are named, on solarsystem.nasa.gov. Let's name one of them Karen. <laughs> she's the last moon no, i'm just kidding susan susan moon shout out to karen's and susan if I'm you're nice karen. <sighs> that was the shout out to karen he wants to be named uh after a moon or i'd rather he wants a moon named after him <laughs> i've got so- a moon named oh. after you Sasa, Sasa, too. Oh my god! <laughs> so Ron is feeling super overwhelmed, and he mentioned to Harry that maybe they should just, you know, ask Hermione if she would let them look at at uh, what she's done for her homework. And so Harry looks over at her, and she's basically living her best life. She's having a great day. Says. Quote, Harry glanced over at her. She was sitting with Crookshanks on her lap, chatting merrily to Ginny as a pair of knitting needles flashed in midair in front of her, now knitting a pair of shapeless elf socks. So Harry contemplates this and he's like, "Mm, no, she's not going to let us, especially with the way that, you know, things went with the whole Quidditch practice talk. So they continue to work until the crowd in the common room dies down and the light outside becomes darker. Hermione finally comes over to them and she began to look over their work, correcting Ron's work. And that made him snarl at her, which I think her intentions were nice. I don't think she's going to go over there. I mean, she has the ability, believe me, to be sassy and, you know, try and get a word in because that's the thing that we always say like we love when she gets like fired up and stands up for herself but I honestly think that she was coming over and just out of instincts was like oh you know this is should be this so go ahead Sasa that I would be like that would tick me off if I was wrong like well, first of all you don't want to help me at all and now <laughs> you're going to come over here just to be like that's wrong like step off my cubes alright like don't talk to me <laughs> yeah well I mean, who knows if they would have asked her earlier if she would have helped or not. But, like, but, regardless, like, why that? are you coming over here and, like, trying to correct me? I don't know. That just They're would irritate friends. me. They're best friends. That's what friends, friends do. My yeah. friends wouldn't do that because I'm smarter than all of them. So I would have the answer right. Listen. Oh my God. <laughs> Talk to me about moons later. 
I got you, girl. Ron says, quote, I haven't got time to listen to a sermon. All right, Hermione, I'm up to my neck in it here. No, look, Hermione was pointing at the nearest window. Harry and Ron both looked over, and a handsome screech owl was standing at the windowsill, gazing in the room at Ron. Isn't that Hermes, said Hermione, sounding amazed. All right, so Ron looks over at the quality bird and says, Mm. blimey, it is. And he wonders what Percy is writing to him for. Um, Hermione tells him to open it, and then the further down he reads, the more he scowls. And when he finishes, he looks disgusted, thrusts it at Harry and Hermione to read on their own. Which is, I think, the perfect reaction from Ron. Because, like, he's reading it, like, like he took it and he read it before even showing them. And, like, he just gets aggravated on his own and is like, I can't even, like, read this out loud to you. Here. Like, read it. This is ridiculous. Um mm-hmm. So I'm just going to read Percy's letter because it is an important one. Oh, Percy. And let's all bear in mind that the man we know and love, Chris Rankin, is different from Percy Weasley. Yes. Right. <laughs> Y'all, stop Easy. that he is Percy. He is not Percy. His name is Chris. <laughs> and he is vastly different than the character that he portrayed. Accurate. Uh, yeah. Oh. And I also want to preface this with Percy has a lot of issues that he needs to work through. Mm -hmm. And I just want to recognize the fact that, like... Get in line, sir. (sighs) He he is making a huge mistake right now. Yep. But people make mistakes. And I just want to remind everybody that he ends up making the right decision. So we just Mm -hmm. have to remember that in the end, he gets there. It just takes him longer to get there than other people. But in the Mm -hmm. end, it doesn't even matter. (laughs) (laughs) It kind of matters, though. But, like, like, think of Ron, and, like, reading Ron in the first couple books at times can be super frustrating for me, because he... He can be super close-minded, and he can be, um, he can look at things from one perspective because, like, that's how he was raised, and it's, you know, he's not getting into his own yet. And I feel like we see Ron's growth more because we are with him more because he's Harry's best friend, whereas it's more difficult with Percy because he is a side character and we literally only get to see him when Harry's at the burrow and Percy is there during this letter, brief moments at Hogwarts. Like we don't know Percy at the end of the day, like at all. We know a little teeny tiny tic-tac bit about Percy. So it's just really hard. um, It's hard sometimes to, to remember those things whenever you read something like this, that is honestly really difficult to read because He's just not right, and he'll get there, but I get why it's frustrating to read this and be like, oh, gosh, you're just such a jerk. I hate you. But, like, you have to just take a step back and be like, he gets there. It's okay. He just takes longer, and he processes things different than his brothers, and again, at the end of the day, all that matters is he gets to the right place in the end. Mm -hmm. So. Now that I said my little piece, I'm going to read Percy's letter. We didn't want to talk about him. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. I have my letter up, so I couldn't see your video. Go for it. Um, 
I just think that, like, as of right now, you know, Percy's in the mindset of, and really, he's still young. He's still naive. Like, how long is right. he outside of school? Like, he's probably, I don't think he's even 20 years old, right? Like, how old he is he? Maybe have, 20. Like, just turned yeah. 20, possibly. Yeah. That's so, so like, you know, at this point in time, Harry's kind of now seeing, like, how the people that he has been taught to think are always going to make the right choices aren't. So Harry's learning this lesson with, like, the government and fudge and the papers, like, all all doing things and basically making up lies because they don't want to talk about, like, what's really going on. So Harry's kind of seeing it where he's going through all of these things where, like, okay, just because Fudge is the Minister of Magic doesn't really mean he has everybody's, um, like, he, he doesn't have everybody's back. Where Percy doesn't see this thing. So he's still thinking, like, I can trust my government. I can trust what they're saying. I can trust all of these things that are happening because they're, they're authority figures, and that's what he's been taught to learn. Right. Not to he say, values you know, authority. he is going against his parents and like, yeah. you know, that is probably a huge thing for him to like, now all of a sudden, like his parents are going against the thing that they were like, have taught him, you know, that you should listen to your government. You should listen to the minister of magic. And now, now everything's divided. Um, so just cut I, him some slack. I think that Basically. with Percy, it's, it's about the fact that he val, he values authority and trusts authority. So, mm-hmm. So, like, when he was at Hogwarts, he trusted and, you know, was fully all in with Dumbledore. But then as soon as he is out and about, his new authority figure is Fudge. So, to him, Fudge is above Dumbledore because he's the Minister of Magic. So, like, what Fudge is saying should be true. And there was never a moment, really, prior to this where Fudge and Dumbledore weren't on the same page like this is the first because I mean Fudge was going to Dumbledore for everything before this. At least at least out in the open. Correct. Right. But like to Percy, this is this is the first time where he has to like choose which authority he's listening to the most. And I think that he ends up choosing the minister because that's what he's surrounded by right now. He works there, that's his boss, he's in very close contact with him. So it would make sense that that's the person that he's going to believe. It's, I mean, it's tricky, but that's, There's you know. There's a lot of moving pieces. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay, so I'm just going to read word for word what his letter says to Ron. Dear Ron, I have only just heard from no less a person than the Minister of Magic himself, who has it from your new teacher, Professor Umbridge, that you have become a Hogwarts prefect. I was most pleasantly surprised. Yes. That's some sneaky, sneaky stuff on the part of Umbridge and Fudge. Agreed. To go to Ron's brother. Yeah. To have him talk to Harry Potter's best friend. Yeah. Yeah. You're nasty. Go ahead, Megan. Um, You're nasty. (laughs) You're nasty. You're nasty. You're nasty. I was most pleasantly surprised when I heard this news and must firstly offer my congratulations. I must admit that I have always been afraid that you would take what we might call the Fred and George route rather than following in my footsteps. So you can imagine my feelings on hearing you have stopped flouting authority and have decided to shoulder some real responsibility. How did Ron not stop reading right there? That would have been difficult for me. 
Especially because, like, Fred and George have plenty of responsibility, just in a different aspect right. than Percy. Right. But uh, Percy's very black and white at times. They're, like, he does not see gray. So, Eventually. Okay. Eventually. Get his vision checked. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I want to give you more than congratulations, Ron. I want to give you some advice, which is why I'm sending this at night rather than by the usual morning post. Hopefully, you will be able to read this away from prying eyes and avoid awkward questions. From something the minister let slip when telling me you are now prefect, I gather that you are still seeing a lot of Harry Potter. I must tell you, Ron, that nothing could put you in danger of losing your badge more than continued fraternization with that boy. Yes, I am sure you are surprised to hear this. No doubt you will say that Potter has always been Dumbledore's favorite, but I feel bound to tell you that Dumbledore may not be in charge at Hogwarts much longer, and the people who count have a very different and probably more accurate view of Potter's behavior. I shall say no more here, but if you look at the Daily Prophet tomorrow, you will get a good idea of the way the wind is blowing, and see if you can spot yours truly. Seriously, Ron, you do not want to be tarred with the same brush as Potter. It could be very damaging to your future prospects, and I am talking here about life after school, too. As you must be aware, given that our father escorted him to court, Potter had a disciplinary hearing this summer in front of the whole Wizengamot, and he did not come out of it looking too good. He got off on a mere technicality, if you ask me, and many of the people I've spoken to remain convinced of his guilt. It may be that you are afraid to sever ties with Potter. I know that he can be unbalanced and, for all I know, violent. But if you have any worries about this or have spotted anything else in Potter's behavior that is troubling you, I urge you to speak to Dolores Umbridge, a really delightful woman, who I know will only be too happy to advise you. This leads me to my other bit of advice. As I have hinted above, Dumbledore's regime at Hogwarts may soon be over. Your loyalty, Ron, should be not to him, but to the school and the ministry. I am very sorry to hear that so far Professor Umbridge is encountering very little cooperation from staff as she strives to make those necessary changes within Hogwarts that the ministry so ardently desires, although she should find this easier from next week. Again, see the prophet tomorrow. I shall say only this. A student who shows himself willing to help Professor Umbridge now may be very well placed for head boyship in a couple of years. I am sorry that I was unable to see more of you over the summer. It pains me to criticize our parents, but I'm afraid I can no longer live under their roof while they remain mixed up with the dangerous crowd around Dumbledore. If you are writing to Mother at any point, you might tell her that a certain Sturgis Podmore, who is a great friend of Dumbledore's, has recently been sent to Azkaban for trespass at the Ministry. Perhaps that will open her eyes to the kind of petty criminals with whom they are currently rubbing shoulders. I count myself very lucky to have escaped the stigma of association with such people. The minister really could not be more gracious to me, and I do hope, Ron, that you will not follow that you will not allow family ties to blind you to the misguided nature of our parents' beliefs and actions either. I sincerely hope that, in time, they will realize how mistaken they were, and I shall, of course, be ready to accept a full apology when that day comes. Please think over what I have said most carefully, particularly the bit about Harry Potter, and congratulations again on becoming Prefect, your brother, Percy. So, (sighs) a couple things... 
Well, first of all, I just think it's funny that Harry says, well, if you want to sever ties with me, I swear I won't get violent. (laughs) (laughs) Which is funny. Um, But then Ron says, give it back, holding out his hand. He is, Ron said jerkily, tearing Percy's letter in half. The world's, he tore it into quarters, biggest. He tore it into eighths, git. And then he threw the pieces into the fire. Um, So just to, like, break down the letter a little bit more... I think that it's important to note that, like, clearly he is fully 100% influenced by the minister in all aspects of this letter. Um, Mm -hmm. So he's clearly hinting at the fact that Umbridge is going to be getting more power here shortly. And that is going to be through the announcement of her becoming High Inquisitor. Mm-hmm. I almost kind of wonder as well if he knows that they are leading up to her becoming headmistress. I feel like oh, he of knows course. that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And then about Harry. So, like, Harry having the disciplinary hearing. Mm-hmm. In Fudge's eyes, he refuses to believe that the the Dementors disobeyed him so that is why he's telling himself that it's a lie because he didn't tell the dementors to go and attack harry so clearly it's a lie because they only listen to him so he's just being naive in the fact that like there are other forces out there you know yeah and her name is umbridge (laughs) right which is crazy but yeah anyway because like for the longest time you think oh well voldemort did it like right no that was umbridge purely just because she is not wanted him not there somebody had to take care of you so i was gonna do it myself (laughs) right um so and then how he's saying that like i'm I'm sure that you might be afraid to sever ties with harry like he could be violent he's unbalanced Again, like, these are all talking points by Fudge that they have been, like, putting in the profit all summer, right? He's unbalanced. He isn't mentally there. He is seeing things. He is lying. He mm-hmm. wants attention. Like, all of these things. And, again, like, that's just Fudge's way to cope with the truth. Like, I've, like deep down, Fudge, no, like, he has to know deep down that something is happening but this is just him dealing with it right um so of course like if fudge is trying to deal with it he's going to spill all of this bob shorts to everybody around him (laughs) and who better than his like personal assistant right so like of course he's gonna tell percy all of this on top of that we've kind of already discovered that like he promoted Percy so that he would kind of have a link to the Weasley family. Right. So it was kind of his way to like, well, maybe if I like spew all of this to Percy, he'll put it through to his family and like, I'll have them on my side, but Mm -hmm. like that doesn't happen. So. Or he's literally just using Percy because it's like a link that he could get in through to To Harry, which is is exactly what is happening here. I mean, to make him alone. Right. He's hoping that Percy will reach out to his brother who will tell Umbridge any secrets about Harry Mm -hmm. and that can be reported back to him. I could even see Fudge being like, you know, I know your one brother is pretty close to Harry. Like, yeah, he might have just planted. the. You might want to, you know, I want to reach out to him. Also, 
I have beef with Sturgis going to Azkaban Correct. for that, for trespassing. And then in the next breath, Percy calls him a petty criminal. Why are petty criminals going to Azkaban? You know what right, I mean? Right. Bananas. That happens in real life, though. I know. People, there are people yeah, it's that are put in jail for years for things that's, uh, it's just, the yep. criminal justice system needs revision. Agreed. Yeah, it does. You know. That's another conversation. But, um, and then, like, telling Ron where his loyalty should lie, and, like, this is all just Percy spewing talking points of Fudge's, exactly what Fudge wants him to do, and... Like, unfortunately, at this moment in Percy's life, he's a follower. So he's decided to follow Fudge, and that is what he's decided to do. And thankfully, he ends up opening his eyes later, but, like, you know, this is is what happens with corruption in, like, all different types of ways. Like, this right here is the perfect example of a corrupt government who's using a an, an assistant to try to get information on somebody like well because they know that he is i mean percy strives right he because as we've i mean i kind of accepted his headcanon too as we've discussed with chris like he's got middle child syndrome like For he sure. has to work harder so percy strives to be a good student strives to be the good older brother strives to be who his mom sees him as so like you're prying on that. Right. And, like, oh. um, what's the word I'm looking for? But, like, it is, uh, oh, my God, I'm blanking. Textbook. Oh. It is textbook that Percy is going to, f- like, follow everything that Fudge wants. Because, again, he is striving to do the best that he can in his job. And I'm sure that Fudge sees that. So he's prying. Prying? No. He's, uh manipulating he's manipulating him to to get more out of him because he knows that like that is textbook percy you know what i mean And also if we exactly and if we think about the way that percy was raised we have to come back and not saying anything against this but this is just understanding characters the way that um Molly spoke within their household about, you know, what was good to do with your life. You know, Percy really took that to heart. And I believe Mm -hmm. that he thought that he was doing what Molly wanted him to do. What his mother wanted him to do was to make, make something of himself working at the ministry of magic. It's prestigious. It shows that, you know, he is doing something with his life and, um, you know, it's it's literally been in, ingrained in him. And unfortunately, I, I I think this is a little bit of a headcanon for me. Don't get mad at me, anyone. But I think Molly some oftentimes was a little bit disappointed in Arthur and his role there and thought that he could do more, which maybe is something that Percy picked up on within the household, which gave him his own set of ideas of what he should be when he was older and an adult wizard and also with how he felt about his dad. Yeah. I, I could see why you would say that, but I don't think Molly thinks that way. I think Percy thinks that way himself. Um, I think that if there were other circumstances, 
like if Voldemort hadn't come back, whatever, like Molly would have been thrilled. Like both of his parents would have been thrilled that he's now under, I mean, he obviously probably wouldn't have been the undersecretary or whatever he is to fudge if he wasn't trying to manipulate him. Um, but I think that like what Arthur does, and I don't, I, I thought the reason he stays in the job that he stays in, like, yeah, he doesn't have a lot of money. Um, it's because he loves what he does. Like he loves his job and he loves working with like muggle things. And I think that Molly, it's one of the things she loves about him is that he just loves what he does and he loves his family. Um, and I think that Percy has his own insecurities because of he wants better and he thinks his dad's not good enough. If that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. I hear you. Yeah, I agree, sir. Yeah. I can see it in both directions. Like, who are you, me? I mean, <laughs> I mean, even if even if it's something that's not vocalized, right. you can often pick up on, you know, looks and things like that. And, you know, the way that she would get upset, like the flying car, for example, you know, that was like a whole thing. So yeah. it's just, I mean, you just have to make up your own mind about it, essentially. Like, you have to come up with your own headcanon about it. And that's all that we can really do. Because, like you said earlier, Megan, we don't really know Percy. Yeah. All we can do is try and match up puzzle pieces. Yeah, for sure. I think that I can I can definitely see him kind of coming, that t- coming to that conclusion on his own and possibly, like, misreading cues from Molly, maybe. Um, because I've... Like, Molly and Arthur... I'm sorry, my cat is... That is a one loud kitty cat. (laughs) Um, Molly and Arthur are definitely, like... I feel like they're a couple that's always supportive of each other. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure that Arthur would have had conversations with Molly being like, are you sure you're okay with me staying where I am because I really enjoy what I do or something like that? And she... You know, I mean... They they both they both make can, decisions you, like like yeah, Arthur. You Arthur's... can be supportive and still not agree. True, you know, you so, know what I'm saying. Yeah, I think that you know she wanted what was best for him, and what's best for him is what made him happy. It's not what put gold in his pockets, you know. So that's that's why she loves him and why she was she was you know there for him, even though make up your own mind whether she agreed with it or not. Yeah. I think with Percy though, like having a dad that obviously like he's doing things that are illegal, like having the car, like that's legal. I think those <laughs> yeah. are things that he himself, like not his mom or not like other, like probably other people's perspective of his family. But I think seeing those things, cause he's very much like it's right or it's wrong. It's black or it's white. Like Megan said, like he doesn't really see gray. So like, yeah, was it, I mean, it's illegal. Like, what, the car, the car <laughs> was illegal. So, like, if he was just driving it around and not flying it around, um, it would have been fine. But, like, he would always think, like, you shouldn't, we shouldn't have this car, we shouldn't do that. Yeah, da, da, da. It's Fred he's George a, right there. I'm he's telling a you very, that much. <laughs> Percy's a very follow-the-rules type of person. And yes. Yeah. <sighs> Honestly, it's kind of funny because, like, he really is the only one in his family that's like that. And and maybe there's a reason for that. Like, maybe he feels like that's his way to be different. Yeah. And that's his way to stick out amongst all of his family. Maybe. Yep. And because, like, Charlie and Bill, like, I guess, was it Bill that was head boy? 
Uh-huh. I think. Uh-huh. So, like, Bill, like, maybe was a rule follower, but he seemed like one of, like, he kind of reminded me of, like, a Remus type of person, where, like, he... Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like, he was responsible, but <laughs> he didn't go. necessarily, yeah. like, he definitely probably took advantage of some of, like, the loopholes. Kind of like what yeah. Arthur does, you know? Or like, like, like Arthur built the car. Fly. Yeah. yeah, but like Arthur built the car, but he never had an intention to fly it, so that was allowed, yeah. you know? Like, I kind of feel like Arthur and Bill are similar in that sense. This is purely speculation, because honestly, we don't really know Bill. This is just me talking out loud, but, like, I feel like that was Percy's way to just be completely different from his family, and he grasped onto that. And I think with Percy, like, we talked with Chris, and he was saying, like, if you really think about it, like... I think that is he the middle child? No, technically not. But like, he has to work really hard. Like you always see him studying, and you always see him like trying to be like the best. I'm not breaking any rules, kind of thing. Where he probably yeah. resents. Like, it seems that all of those things come easier for his siblings. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it seems like Bill and Charlie like were just you know, themselves, like, they, you know, and we don't really know a whole ton about them, but, like, Fred and George don't care what people really think, like, they're just gonna do what they want, they obviously, like, not that they, not that they don't care what their mother thinks, but they know what they want, and they go for it, regardless of what she thinks, um, and then there's Ron, who, like, does the same thing, but, like, also does care what his mom thinks, and it's just, it's an interesting dynamic to see, like, how different all of the siblings are from each other, and I think that, Maybe he just, it's one of those situations where, like, situations where he's like, well, I wish I was more like this brother, you know what I mean? Or, like, Jenny, maybe, yeah. like, oh, I don't think he wants, but, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. He I thinks agree. they have it easier, maybe. And, like, if you think about it, Fred and George, like, they never failed any classes, and they barely tried. Like, they really were smart guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, first of all, yeah. to invent those things, you have to be insanely... Yeah. Insanely smart to come up with all of those ideas and execute them and then yep. mass produce them and sell them. Like and run a business right. and have a shop. Like yeah. yeah. And then like Ron no like slouches. Like even though Ron a lot of the times Ron also I feel like suffers from middle child syndrome, he at least is best friends with Harry Potter. So like he's known, right? right? Oh. I mean, like sure, it's not always nice to well, just be if known he as Harry Potter's best friend, but, like, he's going to be something because, like, he'll have Harry there along the way, and, like, Harry is bound to become something. You know what I mean? But Ron, I, Ron in and of himself is, like, a great guy, like, regardless of being friends with Harry Potter. Like, For sure. he's smart enough to pass his classes. You know, he, when he, the thing, the number one thing that Ron lacks is confidence. If he was more confident in himself, he would be a phenomenal Quidditch player. He'd be able to, like, just be like probably the better version of himself, which is true for a lot of people. Yep. Just be more confident. You're great the way you are. Agreed. And then there's Ginny, who's just like Ginny, and she's cool, you know? Yep. Also talented and smart. And super fiery. When did this turn into the the uh, Weasley's Felix file? You know? I'm, I'm down yeah. with it. Let's, uh... <laughs> Go for it, Kate. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. So Ron, after he tears up that letter... He's like, come on, like, we got all this homework to finish sometime before dawn. Um, and Hermione's looking at him with this odd expression on her face, and then she just 
she bursts out, oh, give them here. And she's like, I'll look through them and I'll correct them for you. And Ron's like, you're a lifesaver. Whatever can I do? And she's like, what you can say is we promise we'll never leave our homework this late again. <laughs> but she looks slightly amused. I think she knows that that's going to happen again. Yes, Tiffany. I was reading along with what you were reading, and I thought you wrote that Ron gave her a lifesaver like a candy. <laughs> <laughs> Which kind? The fruit kind or the mint kind? Fruit always, Katie. Oh, no, wait, mint. Oh, mint. Winter well, green. Winter green is winter the green. <laughs> you can. I always smell them to make sure it's the winter green one. Yep. I don't want no spearmint. Winter green. Peppermint. Peppermint. Eh, a little strong. I do like the dark red cherry ones. I think they're cherry, Ooh. but the darker red ones, those yeah. are my favorite. Um, I have never even heard of that. Lifesavers, please sponsor You just said okay. the fruit-flavored Lifesavers. Oh, I thought you were talking dark... that there was a mint one with cherry. No. It just was a dark red the fruit one. I only eat those. Got it. You're a cherry picker. Literally. <laughs> And I don't like real cherries. Isn't that interesting? I don't either. I used to not like real watermelon and only like fake candy flavored watermelon. <gasps> I have seen what? I've seen the light. Don't worry. It's one of the best things to eat in the summer because they say you should eat your like water. So like eat fruits and stuff that have a lot of water in them in the summer to keep you hydrated. Well, now I know it's delicious. It's okay. So good. Anyway. I made her see. I made her see yeah. the goodness of watermelon. It took a while. <laughs> so it was past midnight, and it's just the three of them and Crookshanks sitting in the common room. They're the only ones left. Um, the only sound is Hermione's quill scratching on the parchment and her turning pages looking things up. And Harry's sitting there thinking, as he usually does, um, and he's just straight up exhausted. Um he thinks he's got this odd, sick, sort of empty feeling in his stomach. Um, and it doesn't have anything to do with being tired or all the stuff he has to do. Um, but it had to do with the letter that was now burning up in the fire. So he's thinking, you know, I know like half, if not more, of Hogwarts thinks I'm totally insane. I know the Daily Prophet has been writing these remarks about me literally all summer and more. Um, but seeing it written there in Percy's handwriting, someone who he's spent time with, he spent time at his house yeah. with, just last year he got top marks from him at one of the tasks for the Triwizard Tournament. Yeah. Like, seeing that and then knowing that Percy was telling Ron to not be friends with him and even to tattle on him to Umbridge, like, that made the situation more real to him than anything else so far had. Which I feel yeah. really sad because, like, I think we've all had a moment relatable to that, you know, and obviously a drastic, drastically different situation, but some things just make things feel much more real. Yeah. Um. So now, yeah, now he, this person who he could consider almost a brother, maybe, because he's pretty close to the Weasleys, now thinks that he's unbalanced and violent. So he suddenly feels pretty sympathetic for Sirius because Sirius is the only one that could really understand what he's feeling right now. Everyone thinks Sirius is this dangerous murderer who is this Voldemort supporter. And speaking of Sirius, he stops thinking really quick and he thinks he sees something in the fire and he's like, no, 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 I, I was just thinking about Sirius, so I just imagined it. Um, so Hermione gives Ron back his essay and tells him to copy something down and... <laughs> 
This is one of the best quotes ever. Uh, he's like, mm-hmm. Hermione, you are honestly the most wonderful person I've ever met, said Ron weakly. And if, I've ev- if I'm ever rude to you again, and Hermione goes, I know you'll be back to normal. <laughs> I love how he said it weakly. Mm-hmm. Like, he is done. Right, <laughs> like, right. He, boyfriend is done. Mm-hmm. He is, poor guy. <laughs> so she goes God to bless tell, Hermione. <laughs> I know, I know. So she goes to tell Harry that he wrote that one of Jupiter's moons had mice instead of ice. <laughs> but uh, he's not... You don't know. Yeah, you don't know. One of those 26 <laughs> unnamed ones or whatever. But he's not yep. paying attention. He's actually like on the floor on his knees in front of the fire. And Ron's like, uh, what are you doing? Although by now, after five years of friendship, this probably isn't really that weird of a thing for Harry Potter to do. Yeah. But Harry's like, I, have, I just saw Sirius's head in the fire. And Hermione's like, what do you mean? Like like how you saw him in the Triwizard Tournament? He wouldn't do that right now. It would be way too... She's gonna say dangerous, but surprise! There's Sirius. Head in the what fire. Up? What up, Sirius? <laughs> Are we ready? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> ready. Are you Tiffany? awake? <laughs> I'm awake. I did take a nap today, we'll say that. Pause in history. And plus Um, you glitched a little bit, so it was like (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, you know me, glitch city over here. Your internet is fantastic. You're like Vanellope Von Schweetz. Well, on Thursdays, my family prays the rosary over Zoom. So in order to save myself, I have to put myself on my own hotspot, which isn't that much better than the internet but otherwise like you guys are frozen for a full like long time earlier full long time um, <laughs> yeah yeah um hold on I just gotta rearrange myself so uh yeah so Harry's obviously pretty sure that he saw Sirius's head in the fire as Katie was saying and it is him and I said He's like, he's sitting in, the, well, his head is like sitting in the flames, not like they did it in the movies, which like one was cooler to me than the other, but also hot because it's a fire. But I think it would have been cool to see like their actual heads when they did this. Well, you really only ever see him, I think. Yeah. In the movies. Yeah. Anyways, so Sirius tells him that he had been checking every hour, hoping to get them alone. Um... And was starting to think that they would go to bed before everyone else. Um, and they were like, uh, what? He's like, well, he's checking to see if the coast is clear. He's also pretty sure that a girl, probably a first year, saw him. Um, but he was gone before she could really get a good look. So, you know, he's probably like a wonky log or something. Um, is roughly what he tells them. And then Hermione comments on his risky choices. And um, that basically reminds him of Molly. Because she said things about him going to the... Um, I want to call it the track, and that's what it's called, um, to see him off on the train. But he needed to talk to Harry about the letter that Harry sent, you know, without having to use code, because, you know, that can be broken, blah, 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 blah. You know, Harry's not that... that like, people can crack his code, just in that. <clears throat> and then they're shocked to learn, because Harry did not mention to Hermione that he had sent a letter. Um, and he had actually forgotten, because he's a good forgot. Genuinely, he did, because, you know, he got to talk to Cho Chang for a while. I'm in the owlery, so like, you know. I love how your voice changes. (laughs) Uh -uh. (laughs) 
<laughs> also but thought the... you said Romayani on accident, and then I like whipped around and looked at your text, and I was like, no, no, she wrote it. <laughs> no, I yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't feel like saying the full names separately. <laughs> You're fine. And I, actually, I'm not, I don't hate I, it. I'm, well, I'm not the one that called Like, that's their ship name. I know. But I spelled it incorrectly, and so I had to Google it to make sure... I spelled it correctly. So the first one I did was actually Remus and Hermione. I was like, oh, no, that's not who I'm talking about. <laughs> no. 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 Uh, so, <clears throat> but there wasn't anyone that could have broken the code, right? He would ask. Um, and then, yeah, probably not. You know, it was all right. <laughs> so then they start talking kind of about Harry's scar hurting because that was the original reason that Harry had sent the letter in the first place. Um, you know, and it might not really have meant much, much, other than the fact that it could probably Voldemort's feelings involved with hurting it some more. Um, he might have been really angry that night. You know, they might have gotten his his hot pocket might have been too hot in some spots oh and too cold in other spots. And he just he got really angry. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I went there, but it makes me really laugh. So um, <laughs> basically, yeah. And he also says, you know. It, now that he's fully back, back again, Baldy's back. Don't tell anybody is what they really want. And Voldemort doesn't want anyone to know. Um, it's most likely going to hurt more than it has in the past because he's like a human now. To be human again. To be human again. Look at me. All kinds of songs. <laughs> <laughs> and then Sirius says, like, it also probably, um, they don't think that it has anything to do with Umbridge and her being a super super unkind human being. He also states that he's pretty sure that she's not a, um, I was going to say a Voldemort, a Death Eater. <laughs> and he says, his hair is like, well, but she's pretty horrible. He says, yes, but the world isn't split into good people and Death Eaters. Word. I know she's a nasty piece of work, though. You should hear Remus talk about her. And they're like, oh, has Remus met her? Like, does he know her? Are they like best friends? No, because she has no friends because nobody likes her. Um, Remus has not met her, but he doesn't like her because she drafted an anti-werewolf legislation a few years back that basically makes it impossible for him to get a job because she's a horrible person who's You're trash. Just to be just, she's, she's just, you know, one of those people that hates everybody. Um, and so obviously Hermione is not into this kind of thing. So she is furious. Just furious. Um, and she, I, re- I wrote, she's not pleased with this. And rightly so. It's messed up. So I want to read, because um, they're like, why would, um, Harry's like, what has she got against werewolves? And Her- or Sirius says, scared of them, I expect. Apparently she loathes part humans. She campaigned to have mer people rounded up and tagged last year, too. Imagine wasting your time and energy persecuting mer people when there are little toe rags like creature on the loose. Now, <laughs> the last part Ooh, of that, I don't, buddy. Like, <laughs> like, the only person that really doesn't like creature, I mean, there's a lot of people, but, like, if you treat it nice, you see later on that, like, he'd be a great dude. But He'll like, cook you food and everything and be nice. You're like, why bother rounding up mer people and tagging them? Like, what is this going to do? Why are you wasting time and money on that? That's dumb. Also, don't hate people for the way they are. It's just, why are you wasting your energy on hating anything? Hating something is a waste of time, except hating hate, because it's dumb. <laughs> yes. It's dumb. Hashtag hate hate. <laughs> 
I could talk about it more, but we, if it's not this episode. Any hoosies, again, Hermione is not pleased with Sirius talking about Creature like that and kind of tells him, you know, if, if you treated Creature better, he would probably respond better and be nicer to you. Uh, but Sirius isn't hearing it. He interrupts her, um, changing the subject by asking about Umbridge's lessons. So they tell him, you know, they aren't really allowed to use magic at all in her class. All they do is read a textbook, which makes me want to die. Like, if I had to, if I had to go to a class and that's what I had to do the whole time, I would skip class. Like, I don't care. I'm not reading it. I don't... Don't be like me. I don't read textbooks for classes. I didn't know my friends did it. Like, Jen was like, yeah, I always read before classes. I was like, I never did. <laughs> don't do what I do. <laughs> but I still got good grades. <laughs> Uh, unless I didn't do my homework, but that's a whole other issue. <laughs> Again, do your homework. So that makes sense according to their ministry informant. Is this is what Sirius is telling them. Fudge doesn't want them to be trained in combat. And they're like, why? Like, whatever. And it's, like, um, it's not like they're, tr- like, this is what they said. They're not planning on forming a wizarding army. Uh, but Sirius is like, no, that's exactly what Fudge thinks that Dumbledore is doing. And this is how self-centered an important fudge thinks he is. Honey, you're not important. You are replaceable in a freaking heartbeat. Honey? Ugh. It's just so aggravating. To the left, to the left, you know? Things I want to say that, like, I won't. But anyways. Um, But honestly, like, thanks for the idea, fudge. (laughs) Right? Certainly. Correct. (laughs) Um, But, you know, fudge is thinking that Dumbledore... um, is forming his own private army so he can take on the Ministry of Magic. You are so dumb. Like, it makes me so angry because... Paranoia, for sure. Like, you are not that important. You're just afraid of losing your job, which you're going to lose anyways because you're failing every single person that looks to the Ministry because they're a witch or a wizard. You're failing every single person by ignoring the fact that Voldemort is back. Mm-hmm. Um... And yeah, you lose your job because of it, and then we don't hear from you. You're probably dead. I don't know, but majority of your fault. Um, so I said, not only is it not Dumbledore who is or would do that, because Dumbledore doesn't care about your stupid job. He's better and just like greater than you. So why would he want to be minister? There's a lot just- happening right now. <laughs> but it would be Voldemort. Who would be the one doing that? Because really, it's one of his goals to have, like, basically, like, him slash his people take over the ministry. I mean, if you really think about it, though, essentially, like they say in Seven, Voldemort is the minister of magic right now, pretty much. Yeah, no, for sure. Like, that's his goal. Like, not his main goal, but that's one of his goals is to have control over the ministry. And when it falls, he does. Like, Fudge is just another puppet right now. Correct. Yep. He's dumb. I don't care for him. Very smart on Voldemort's part, though. Yeah. Voldemort doesn't get to do anything. That's the thing. It's just dumb on the the lack of... the What is the word I'm looking for? The lack of like any, doing anything. Like They're literally not doing anything. Fudge and the Ministry. And that's opening them for a swift... Not even a swift attack, but like they're slowly gaining more people and being able to infiltrate them and they're gonna get thrown over whatever and then whatever. Quote, whatever. Ron says that's the stupidest <laughs> thing I've heard 
all of the stuff that Luna Lovegood comes up out with. Like, which is true. The, the, the stupid part is that Dumbledore would want to, like, if he's building an army, it's not to fight you, Fudge, you're not that important. Move aside. Just saying. So I want to read from the book again. <laughs> this so episode sad. should be called Whatever. <laughs> So we're being prevented from learning defense against the dark arts because Fudge is scared we'll use spells against the ministry, said Hermione, looking furious. Yep, said Sirius. Fudge thinks Dumbledore will stop at nothing to seize power. He's getting more paranoid about Dumbledore by the day. It's a matter of time before he has Dumbledore arrested on some trumped-up charge. Which does happen, but like, again, Fudge, please hear me clearly because I know you listen. You... (laughs) and never were that important thank you goodbye um so then like harry remembers the letter that percy sent so then he asks Sirius if there's anything coming out in the uh about dumbledore in the paper the next day yeah megan i was just gonna say that if there's anybody to be annoyed with in this chapter it's not percy it's fudge right i think you could say like the whole book you can boil it down to fudge and umbridge both being dumb humans yeah that need to get um, so Sirius has not heard any, anything, so he's like, I don't know, I haven't heard from the Order all weekend. Um, and you could tell that, you could tell that the way he's saying this is, like, how we're all feeling in this quarantine. Because <laughs> he said he's been alone in the house, it was just him and Creature all weekend long. You know, they're all busy, and I'm stuck here. Um, and he said, they're talking about the Hagrid, and that the only news about him is the fact that he was supposed to be back by now, but Dumbledore isn't worried and so he tells them that they shouldn't be either. And then we learn that Madame Maxime was with him, but they had parted ways, like, to go home, basically. Um, but there isn't anything to indicate that he has been hurt or anything. So, like, don't worry. Uh, and he also tells them to not ask too many questions about Hagrid, because it will bring more attention to the fact that he isn't at school. Um, Good point. And then he kind of changes the subject again, and he asks them about their next Hogsmeade weekend. I almost said Hogwarts weekend. Every weekend's a Hogwarts weekend. Because um, he's thinking about coming and visiting them. But, like, both Harry and Hermione, like, at the same time, vehemently tell him no. Um, and they're like, haven't he seen the prophet? And um, Harry and Hermione think that they actually, like, they being, like, the public, because they reported that he's back in um, London, he was seen, and he's like, they don't know anything. They're like, no, really, like, we, th- we think that they do know the fact that you're, like, you're an Animagus. I'm pretty sure Pettigrew told them. Like, right. they think, like, we know, like, this is probably correct information because of, like, stuff that um, Draco was saying on the train, mm-hmm. and we're sure that Lucius knew that you're an Animagus and saw you and told the peeps. Um, and if you came, like, Draco would recognize you right away, and then, like, it would be known that, like, you're still, like, around here, whatever. Yeah. Um, and, like, Sirius is, like, upset about it. He goes, well, if you don't want me to, like, come, then, you know, <clears throat> whatever, because Harry's like, I just want you to be safe. He's like, I get the point. He's like, I just thought they would want to spend some time together. And Harry's like, I do. I really want to spend time with you, but it's not worth going back to Azkaban over. Yeah. <clears throat> and Sirius saying... You're less like your father than I thought. And this is like one of the times where I think that his immaturity comes out because like you're in your 30s and you're saying this to like a 15 year old kid. Uh Um, And so he's like, you're less like your 
and I thought the risk would have made it fun for James. But, like, I think if James is in the same situation, he... Well, I don't know. I think he would have been like, you're not coming. Um, but... Because he says it with, like, a lot of coolness in his voice. Um, and I... You know, this is something that probably like, hurt Harry a lot to hear him say that. Um, and he doesn't really know his dad, and so he likes to think, like, that he... I don't know. It's just, like, a very immature thing to say. But, again, he is hurt, and he's been stuck in the house for months now. Yeah. Um, and right after having... being stuck in Azkaban. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't really gotten to live a life in however many years it's been. 14 years. Um, so it's rough. So then that kind of shuts down the conversation. So with that, he tells them that he should go because he hears Creature, um, but he'll write to them when he can, like, basically give them a time when they can have another fireside chat again. He's, and he adds, if they can stand to risk it, because he's serious and he's mad. Well, I wouldn't say he's mad. I think he's upset. Um, and then with a pop, he's gone from the flames. I think he's more so just, like, being pouty, you know? Yeah. Like, but, like, wait a... You know that hit Harry right in the heart. That sucks, Well, that's man. probably why he said it. Sometimes people speak off the cuff like that because they know it's going to get an emotional reaction out of someone. Yeah. Yes, I like that. I can I know what to say to make people like angry. Like so when we're fighting, like I'm probably gonna just say this I don't do this I try not to do this anymore. And I actually haven't had to fight with someone in a long time. But like when my sister and I were younger and we'd fight, I would purposely say things to hurt her because I am that human. Don't do that. I don't do that now. It's so mean. Yeah. She's also it's not like she's not saying mean things to me, but I've mm. grown up. I'm nicer now. Good. You better be nicer. You tell people to be nice humans. You take your own advice, ma'am. Be a kind Just human. Very nice. yeah. yeah. I mean, there's... We'll have to redo a, a series. Because we did Serious as Felix File already. I mean, and like I've, I've said it before, like we'll have to redo them all, especially with coming out of the books fresh like this and um, finding yeah. why, like, people are the way they are and what makes them tick is honestly it's been one of the most enjoyable things about doing this podcast is understanding the characters more yeah because it's not like i'm reading it as a kid and as a kid i'm like gosh i don't like percy and now reading it as an adult even doing this the the dissecting in this reread you know i've reread them as an adult before but now i'm like really starting to like think about the way that people work and so that's just it's just been really awesome this time around Good thing I'm recording it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It's time for those lightning bolt round questions. Tell me. Um, I'm going to ask this one because it's up on the screen and it's going to go away soon. So Jess asks, what was your AIM username? Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Cheer Tiffy Ray 06. <laughs> <laughs> that just makes you think of your friends. Well, I don't know if it was his AM profile, but it was hilarious. <laughs> Sarah, what was yours? Um, the one that I used the most, I think, was. <laughs> 
The one that I remember the most was um, Ringlets 411, but it was spelled incorrectly. <laughs> so it was W-R-I-N-G-L-E-T-S 411. But I don't know if that was like my main one. That's just the one I can remember. I made one that was called Celtic Storm. I, it was towards the very end of me even using them. And I had a friend that made one. She had We got in a fight because of it. Because she it was a, supposed to be above average but i told her it looked like a beverage because it did like she took like some of the vowels oh. out and i was like it looks like <laughs> it's like it looks like a beverage and she got real angry with me oh, <laughs> she's like well yours is stupid and i was like yeah you're not wrong all of these are dumb <laughs> oh god all of these are dumb you want yeah. me to go next sure Mine was Rupert's Girl 77. Yeah. Girl spelled with a U. Oh. I don't know. If, did I ever have curls 411? Was that one of them or was it just ringlets? I think you curls. had curls. Curls for sure. Did I? I think in high school. I feel like that was the one that you put the stapler thing. I feel like yeah. it was curls so we 411. French together. Yeah. Um, and we because we were... <laughs> I believe you have my stapler. Um, and we asked our French teacher to write it out basically in French. And so we put it in our AIM profile. So it asked, it said, I believe you have my stapler in French in our profile. <laughs> You're out of your mind. I remember spending, and I'm not exaggerating when I said copious amounts of hours on AIM away profile sites finding good away messages to put oh, like i would be on there but i would have sure. the away message up. oh yeah me uh, too. pretending that you're living a cool life when yeah. you're really not <laughs> <laughs> yeah after and sometimes i would change them like throughout like my hours on the internet reading these away messages <laughs> you are yeah. so strong <laughs> so good oh my god memories man memories Katie, what was yours? <laughs> my first one ever was Bug101190, because my nickname as a kid was Bug, and then that was my birthday. But then after that, I can't remember Did what my name was. Did you change your birthday? Yeah, I changed my birthday. But my Yahoo one was Skellington Snog Session. It was. <laughs> it was. <laughs> I want that on a shirt. <laughs> I don't think I made the first one for like two hours before I was told to change it because I was like 13 or something young and it was red hot hottie my dad's like yep you're changing that <laughs> so good uh, okay. all right next question comes from Kelly and she asks do you think Percy would have fit in to Slytherin because he is so ambitious I feel like we have talked about this at length, but maybe quick recap mm. answers. Mm. Mine's a hard no. I He's like him Gryffindor. as a Griff. He's a Gryffindor. I think he deserves to be a Gryffindor. Yeah. I don't want to say that he's like a pedigree, pedigree Gryffindor, but like more on the lines of like protecting yourself ish you know. Gryffindor. Yeah. But he's brave yeah. for like. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not saying it's not brave. No, I think that yeah. there's things that Pettigrew has done that are like, Oh, aren't, for sure. Some of them are good and some of them aren't. Yeah. Um, it's like, it's brave to, like, 
to- go against your family? Go against your family. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was brave of Pettigrew to like go against all of his friends for years. You know what yeah. I mean? I also he's feel also as if Percy values like yeah. Gryffindor traits over Slytherin traits. Pride for sure is a Gryffindor trait. What? Just saying. Yeah. Well, I'm proud. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Next up comes from Courtney. This is kind of the same question, but like in a different context. So she asks, do you think Percy chose Gryffindor instead of Slytherin when he was sorted to please his parents? No, I think he was chosen. I don't think it works. I don't think the hat works like that to please someone else. No, this is about what you want. Right. Yeah. I like that, too. I agree. Um, Okay, Sarah asks, different Sarah, not Sarah O'Malley. No, I don't. (laughs) How did Umbridge persuade the Dementors to attack Harry? What did she promise them? Why did they listen to her? I mean, evil. They were getting a soul. They were getting a soul. They don't care. I think that they just not even one. They got like one and a half souls, two and a half, really. If you think about Dudley, yeah. And I and I think that um, they viewed her as a high-ranking ministry official, and they listened to her. And they were on edge. I mean, all all think about their purpose. Okay, you don't have to tell them twice. If you snap your fingers and say, "Go get this person." They're like, yeah, they're going to do it. They don't I, care. Bye. You know <laughs> like, how, I'm going to go. You know how Harry can feel other Horcruxes and other Horcruxes react to him as well? Evil will react to other evil. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. I agree. Yeah. Um, Carly asks, would the Weasleys be financially comfortable without their kids, or does Arthur's job just pay that low? I mean, seven kids, kids is a lot kids of kids. Kids are not. Kids are not cheap. <laughs> yeah. so. But school is free, but all the other stuff that goes with it is not. So I think that if they didn't have kids, yeah, they'd have a lot more money. I think yeah. they'd be um, all right. I I don't think that yeah. they would be like super comfortable, but they'd be okay. Yeah. I, agree. I think they'd be comfortable. Yeah. But I would rather. I don't know. I think that they have a great life. Like the kids. Yeah. So what? You have to use hand me downs. I had to use hand-me-downs. I still have hand-me-downs. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, honestly, it's better for the environment. It is. It is. And it I'm is like, better for the environment. Better for the environment. And I'm like, they have a loving, they come from a loving family, and not everyone has that. You know, look at Harry. They're rich in other things. Yes. Yeah. Um. <laughs> It, it just threw me off. Are you like spare the environment? I wasn't expecting <laughs> it. it. I'm not saying it's not. It just threw me off. <laughs> um. Next question is from Vinny. What do you think is the call etiquette of a fireside chat? There is none. <laughs> I don't think they have an etiquette for it. People are just popping out of fires willy nilly. What if you were in a compromising position right in front of your fire? And your in-laws are calling, Hey, what if, what if you oh. don't stick your whole head through? You just, like, start with your lips so you can speak out of their fire, and you're like, yo. Well, I was thinking, like, what if talk? you move the fire? What if what? 
You can moon people through the fire. Oh, I would totally do that. You are out of your mind. <laughs> well, I was going to say, like, there clearly isn't any etiquette because, like, Umbridge does come into their conversation at some point in the future, doesn't she? She, like, yeah. it's different because they're at Hogwarts. Or do you Maybe. think it's, like, you know, if I'm calling into, like, a house that has more than one fireplace, no. well, like... I- well, you have to think about when Harry breaks into Umbridge's office later, all he does is throw the flu powder in the fire and sticks his head through. He doesn't do anything else, and he just yells. Right. And Lupin has to be, happens to be right there. True. So I don't think there's any kind of etiquette. Hmm. <laughs> well, like... But did he even say, like, Grimwald Place, like, he said nothing? He just started yelling into the fireplace? No, he he did. He said where he wanted to go. Well, that's what I'm saying. So, like, say if Grimwald Place had, like, five no, fireplaces. But massive. No. Is he going to be going through all of them? Or could, like, say he's talking, say he flews in, like, he, Harry has one fireplace in his house, and he goes to call, like, say Ron and Hermione hit the lottery, and they've got five fireplaces. And so he goes to call them, Daddy. and Hermione's talking to him during one. Could, like, Ron pop in from another fireplace in their house, and they could have, like, a three-way chat? Probably. But do you have to wear pants? No. Okay. It's like Zoom. You don't have to wear pants. You need to be careful, though. Because that one got up and was not wearing pants. (laughs) (sighs) Um, Okay, next question comes from Branagh. Iggy, you have have way too much to say. Um, Do you think knowing it was one of their last conversations that Sirius would regret the way he spoke to Harry? For sure. I think yeah. he regretted it as soon as he said it, but he's too stubborn to apologize for anything like that. And, you know, Agreed. I hear that. And also, I feel like he's the kind of guy, along with Harry, that sometimes apologies are not said, but just understood. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Um, okay, last one from Marchismo. Marchismo? Every time I see that, I think of Maraschino. (laughs) Same. And I'm just going to call you Cherry. I'm kidding. Okay. (laughs) Um, How do you think the other ministry employees thought of Percy? I think, I feel like they're like, uh... thought he was brown um, nose, probably. No, who's the, who was the guy from the last book that died? Why can't it? Barty Crouch. I think they're like him. They're like, Uh, weasel bomb, you know what I mean? Like, they don't even know who he is. That's my personal preference. He is getting like... a little bit more attention in this book. Like, with with uh, Fudge and whatnot. So, maybe they're annoyed with him, probably. I mean, a, a lot of people, if you think about how he was at school, a lot of people were annoyed with him. Yeah, he's and... probably a micromanager, which is not never fun. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they... I, I, I either think they're indifferent or they're annoyed. That's all. That's all we got. I'm done. All right. No more. No more. All right. On to the fan story. Fan story. I have a question. No, Sarah. (laughs) What? So, if you transformed a bird into a teacup and threw it into a flu fire, would it crash? Or would it go through the fire? It would fly out and live. It would pop out in the fireplace. But, like, what if, what if, like, you're super allergic to cats, and I transfigured a cat into a teacup, and I threw it through the fire, and then the, through the fire, the teacup became a cat again. Would you die? You'd be sneezing tea. 
season T. Just saying. All right. So, band story. This week comes from Dylan. Dylan says, okay, this is my Potter story. My name is Dylan and I am 13. When I was about five, I was starting to hear about these books and movies that were suddenly starting to get popular in my school because of Deathly Hallows Part 2. I need to pause yeah. and say this is super interesting because I heard about Harry Potter through school. So I like that it had a resurgence. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's still, Harry Potter's not going anywhere. That's all I gotta say. Tell that to all the crazy Universal Annual Pass holders. They're like, stop building Harry Potter stuff. It's a phase. It's gonna be over. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, go ahead. Iggy agrees. <laughs> I made the major mistake of just brushing it off and going on my way. Thank you, Iggy. Please, <laughs> can I have a question about that, Megan? Like, isn't what? that the biggest reason why, like, Universal's now getting more money is because yeah. they built Harry Potter stuff and people are coming to the parks? Okay, thank you. Bye. Yeah. They filed. Yep. For, they were yep. about to file for bankruptcy, and then they launched Potter. Harry Potter saved their butts. But okay, go ahead. <laughs> they cast a spell. Save-o, buddy-o. It's okay. I've sipped my tea many times. Yeah. I'm content. Did you sip your tea, or was your tea a cat transformed into You know, tea? I'm not sure. It's not tea, it's the teacup. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Maybe I used the teacup that was actually a cat, though. How cute. The little tail could be all stripey. I mean, the handle would be all stripey because it's the tail. Okay. What's happening? Read Dylan's Dylan's story. Sorry, Dylan. (laughs) Then, three years later, when I was eight, I took an interest in magic and cryptids and things like that. My mom recommended a book and movie series called Harry Potter. I had already skimmed through the books because we had them in our home library, but I never really got into them. So a few weeks later, I decided to watch Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, and I loved it. Then, last year, I decided to start reading the books, and I finished them in one week. Woohoo! Oh my gosh. While still doing my other hobbies, like drawing and playing video games, and I loved that too. My house is Slytherin. My Patronus is a Dunsallion. What is that? Someone look that up, please. Uh, my wand is black walnut wood, unyielding, 11 and 3 quarter inches, and a dragon heartstring core. My favorite character is Albus Dumbledore, and my Ilvermorny house is Wampus. Sorry for the entire novel that I emailed you. Have a great day. First of all, do not apologize for sending any length of an email to us. Second, I totally relate to you because I did the same thing through school, and I was like, Harry Potter, I don't need this in my life, but I really did. It is Um, a a Dun Stallion. Oh, Stallion. It's a horse. Got it. So, It's just a horse of another color. Yeah. Hey. It's a horse of a different color. Um, your hobbies are awesome. Yeah. I too like to play video games. Yup. I too do not like to play video games. That's because you're not good at them, sucker. I like to draw. And <laughs> I try play enjoying games. other things. I love but that out of a family library. What? Didn't you say that in their family library? Yeah. Oh, I thought you said something about you had a family library. No, I mean, we kind of do. It's just scattered. <laughs> I was complaining to my mother about the amount of books we have in our house that, like, they're not all mine. It's just, like, when we moved into our house when I was in 17, my mom still had her college nursing school books from, I think then it was 30 years ago. Unnecessary, Roughly. completely. Like, why do, you, why do you still have these? But... We're a book-loving family, so it's any every room besides bathrooms. But my parents' bathroom has a book in it. Okay, just one book. 
But Dylan, I might have too. I don't know. Thank you. Thank you Dylan. <laughs> very much for sharing your story. I love, 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 love hearing from our younger listeners. Love it. Yes. So Tiffany, thank you. Do you so love much. it? I love it. Whatever. <laughs> All right. Are you ready for the joke of the week? Yeah. Give it. Why did Beetle write all those stories anyway? To Bard. Because one day he was Bard. Ah! <laughs> I was almost there. You're almost there. Like Tiana. <laughs> all right. Almost there. I had a band-aid on that was Tiana today. Oh, almost there. Find us I on social media. I put a bunch media. together and cut myself. I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to just like talk over the fact that you like cut yourself. I'm sorry about that. But anyway. Um... I mean, it wasn't bad, but I did need a band-aid. It's fine. Uh, find us on facebook at swish and flick podcast you can also join our facebook group called swish and flick podcast group we're on twitter and instagram at swish flick cast you can follow your hosts myself and katie on twitter and instagram at the peaches family tiffany is on twitter and instagram at tiff swish underscore flick and sarah is on instagram at oh ha 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 mally which is <laughs> three h's and we also I don't like ha 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 <laughs> that implies there's A's in between the H's and there is not. No A's. Oh, oh. <laughs> Mally. Um, we love doing stories on Instagram and we tend to go live before we record, so make sure that you turn notifications and alerts on so that you can join us join in on the fun with us. Also, if you love this podcast and want to support us, you can be a part of it at patreon.com forward slash swishflickcast. Um I am fairly certain this episode will come out before the end of the month. So we've extended the cutoff date for Phoenix Plus patron boxes for July um, to the to May 31st. So if you join by May 31st, you will be eligible to get the Phoenix Plus box in July, which is approved by Mrs. Norris herself. Meow. Meow. Um, Katie, did you ever pick your charity? Nope. No, I need to do that. Oh, well, we talked about maybe doing a COVID-19 charity for this month, and then Katie would pick next month. That's fine with me. Ah. Which I'm okay with, if everybody else is. Yep. Fine. So. So, hey, that's what we're doing. Yeah. Cool. Um, What am I doing? Yeah, go for it. Well, really quick, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to everybody who, this is graduation season, and I know a lot of people have totally different situations now with graduation, but we just wanted to say a big, massive congratulatory congrats to everybody that is graduating right now, because it's awesome that you did it, even though the end of the semester was weird. But you got there. It happened. Congratulations. And we are all super happy for everybody. Did it. Yes. Let's talk about preschool graduation, kindergarten graduation, high school, college. Those are the main big ones that I can think of, at least like in my world. Eighth grade. Eighth grade. Eighth grade graduation. Good job. You're awesome. Honestly. All certifications. Yes. Like. It's it's a really big deal to be going through this at that time, and it is something that is going to shape you. So we have also all... just shout out to anybody that finished the dang semester. 
Shout out to you. Right? Yeah, honestly. So. Um, so I've been playing a lot <laughs> of Breath of the Wild. I am having so much fun. I beat the first um beast. So I kind of got that. I don't want to say too much in front of you. Yeah. Megan. I like how like Tiffany's um, like, oh, do you guys want to do like a play together? And then she's like halfway through it already and I'm like, uh, hello, didn't even buy it yet. Okay, thanks. Sorry, I'm not sorry. There's plenty <laughs> I can do in this game. Don't worry. Uh, I, there's hours short. and hours. I know. And uh, playing a lot of Animal Crossing, it's cool to talk about it with Swishers in the stock market Swishers Animal Crossing group. So that's been awesome. Only have we only have one more week of our workout program left, and then we have to venture on and and uh, possibly do something else, or I'm not sure yet. Do it again. We'll see. And yeah, so I do want to. Well, I'm momming and all of that, and everything's great. We're just living that toddler life over here. So I wanted to shout out someone. Um, I went to high school with this person. Her name is Meredith, and she does really awesome fabric work like she has like a loom and everything and she makes weaving she's based in chicago you can get commission pieces from her so her name is meredith donnelly she's a beautiful human so she doesn't have an etsy shop but you can go through her instagram and you can commission a piece from her so it's meredith donnelly fibers and that's Meredith spelled traditionally. Donnelly is D-O-N-N-E-L-L-Y and Fibers, F-I-B-E-R-S. And then she also has another thing going on where she's she's small business and she's getting hit pretty hard right now. And so I just wanted to give her some love. So she also has a photography business and she is an amazing photographer. So that is Meredith Donnelly Photography. And just go to, go to her Instagram pages, give her some love. If you like her um, weavings, get something nice for your for your place, and just give her some love in this time. Tell her Tiffany from Swish and Flick sent you, and that is all I have. Awesome. Um, I wanted to give a shout out to the Swisher that made a Swish and Flick BuzzFeed quiz, which is hilarious and awesome. Um, I am proud to say that I got 16 out of 16. Um, thank you. Also, our friend Chris took the quiz, and <laughs> I just want to give props to him. He got 14 out of 16. That's pretty great. And what did he like, miss? He he missed um, the quote at the end, not the don't let the muggles get mm. you down, but the quote by the fat lady, like which what it is, mm. which he honestly never would have known, so fine. Although and he, he should listen to the pod. Right? Um... And then he didn't get the birthday right. Well, and what I said was technically the birthday, the day that Swish and Flick was invented and created was June 26th. And that it just came out July 31st. So I guess birthdays. our anniversary is the 31st. We have Maybe. two birthdays. I would accept both answers. I would not, because I'm a stickler for the rules. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I literally I did the math. Um, but yeah, I. Uh, what's going on with me? I'm officially full time working from home, so that is pretty amazing. I'm super excited about that. I'm really gonna start working on 
getting our design business like set and ready for business. So I'm excited. <laughs> Good changes are happening. It is. And I it am is, happy about is. them. Is this past your birthday now where we're recording this? Probably. Uh, if not, happy birthday yeah, or happy after your birthday. Thanks. You're welcome. I'm going to be 30. It's okay. 30 and flirty. <laughs> 30 Woo-hoo! and flirty 30. and thriving. Um, what am I doing? Getting swole. Uh, not really. Just working out. Trying to be healthy. Uh, I'm playing a lot of Animal Crossing and just hanging out with my girl and my cats. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Sarah? Um... I'm doing a whole lot of nothing. Um, I built a bench today, so that is now four things I've made, I think. Yeah. Right? What have I made? The desk, the desk chair, the piano, and the bench. The bench cut me, though. Um, and then we're getting, like, patio. I think we're getting, not patio furniture, but, like, a little bistro set to go in our front yard. Not in our front yard, but we've got, like, a little bricked-off area, like, right by our front door. Then I was like, Mom, we see. I literally took a picture and then I drew on it like you can draw on like your iPhone. Um, and I was like, a table and chairs would look so nice right here. Um, so I think she might have bought one. I don't know. But I'll probably put that together when it comes as well uh, because that's what I do now. Um, but I've been watching a lot of shows. So I was telling Tiffany this yesterday because um, yesterday while we were recording this was my mom's birthday. So. Yeah. Um, I watch Zoe. I think it's Zoe's ex- exceptional. It's always something playlist. Um, I don't know if it's like um, it's not imaginary. Maybe it's like exceptionary. I don't know. Extraordinary. Zoe's extraordinary playlist. Um, and if you're into musicals, because like, um, every episode like they're singing. So basically, like something happens to where like now she can hear she calls them people she calls them heart songs so she hears people singing their heart songs um like and there's some really freaking talented people in this show so like um austin skyler's in there's a skyler austin i don't know what his name is he was in pitch perfect is in it um bernadette peters is in it and you know if you know who she is like she's freaking phenomenal the woman that played um Oh, shoot. She was in Hamilton. Um, oh, why can't I think of her name? But she was in it. She's she's one of the Skylar sisters. She's not Peggy. Angelica. She's Angelica. She played Angelica. I had to think of the song in my name. Or in my head. Um, so it was phenomenal. I really, really like that show. I will say it's kind of some of the materials very heavy. Because her dad um, has a disease that's like progress- is a progressively getting worse. So I will tell you that if you are sensitive to that stuff. Um, I cried everything. I did pretty much stop watching the last episode, but it was like oh, so good. Um, what else have I watched? I watched Hollywood. There's a new show on Netflix. I will say that there's like some swearing and some nudity in it, so it's very adult. Um, but that was phenomenal. So that's from Ryan Murphy, and he does um, American Horror Story. So he's super talented. There's super talented people in that, like Darren Chris is in it, um, and other people. Very, it was so good. I finished that today. Um, Run on HBO again, adult, but Donald Gleason is in that. He plays Bill Weasley. 
very good. Um, and that is done by like Phoebe Wallace Bridge, I think is her name. Um, that's her show, and she does Fleabag, which is I guess is like has won a bunch of awards. Um, and I've watched a couple of those episodes, but I've been enjoying Run a lot. And that's pretty much all I've been doing. What else? Oh, Normal People on Hulu, another show. I haven't finished that yet because I had to take a break because it's like emotional. But I really enjoy that. Again, that's like more of an an adult show too. Like, it's super good. And it's got people with accents, so you know I'm going to like it. Speaking of Bill Weasley, we watched a film that he was in when he was younger. Not like a kid, but younger. Called About Time. That's not that old. Oh, yeah. But it's know. a great movie. It it's was fantastic. Phenomenal. Yeah. Like, if you want a feel good movie, and it's especially great for these times, it is watch very it. pertinent to the times. Oh, like, so highly good. recommend. If you're in like a bad headspace just about like everything going on and life in general, like right now, go watch About Time. It will put your head in the right, right spot. Right man. spot. It is just, it's a great movie. And then also, um, Another really good, like, don't have to think about anything type of show to watch. Go watch The Great British Bake Off. It's literally the bomb. Yes. Nancy Burt was all. Yes. But I'm done now. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Good up, friends. Good up. Yep. Yep. Okay. Well, just a fair warning when we come back. It's another split chapter surprise not really but we get to talk about the amazing and lovely new high inquisitor of hogwarts and i gotta say she's a delight okay that concludes this week's episode thank you so much for listening and don't let the muggles get you down (gasps) amazing just my voice (laughs) got it got it got it got it all right ready Is that really all your section is? Well, I'm going to read the, the letter, which is pretty long. Jeez. So it's I okay. I was like, I thought I messed up in my... <laughs> I was like, no. wait. It's because I'm going to read the letter. Meg waits till right now to be like, I didn't finish my notes. <laughs> I, I sat down to record and realized this, so I'm a stranger to these things. Jeez. All right. Sorry, I flipped out for a second. No, you're good. No, I honestly, I didn't think that you didn't do your notes. I thought that I only gave you that much, and I was like, she should have said something. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good.